0: All right, so today I have Angie Chin on the line, and she is the president over at Big Group. Uh, Angie, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Adam.
0: So today is a very special episode because we're going to talk about uh, Chapter 3, which is Empowerment to Drive Accountability. So that's the chapter that Angie um, submitted and was chosen to be in the Business Leaders Volume 2 edition of Money Matters. Uh, First of all, Angie, congratulations for being chosen for the book.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So, one one of the reasons that um, your content was chosen for the book, and one of the things that I saw here was um, your 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 content empowerment to drive accountability. The way you break down things for this, it just kind of hit home for me. And I'm going to go through some of that as we get further in the interview. And I'm going to show you some of the things that you taught me through reading your book and kind of and helped me in my business and self reflection. Um, but just to start off, what inspired you to write this chapter? So empowerment to drive Accountability.
1: Well, Adam, that's really, um you know, from our prior conversations and also podcasts, I think I shared with the team that uh, I'm I'm I come from an entrepreneurial uh, family with six older brothers as entrepreneurs, and I myself also became a serial entrepreneur over the last uh, 15 years. And one of the things that, you know, to, as being an entrepreneur, one of the things that we love is that we love success, we love to be financially rewarding with our business or what not. And at some point in time, the end game is also to have a, a happier, better life, you know. And, and the thing is that for some reasons and for many good reasons as we indulge into the entrepreneurial journey, um, we get sucked, stuck into it, right? We get stuck into it and we get stuck in it. And and part of it is our the ability to scale. And many times our business become our baby and we had a hard time letting it go. And because of that, we get in the whirlwind of working around the clock and possibly even burnout at some point in time, either mentally, physically, emotionally, or even having a tension in relationship with our loved ones, with our families, and even not meeting with our friends. And so when I actually was uh, pondering about what would really support a lot of entrepreneurs as well as entrepreneurs to be is to uh, have that gentle reminder of what is truly our end game. If we're truly successful in our business, is that really the end game? Or is that simply a path that we walk through? To gain the happiness and to be truly joyful and spending time with the loved ones that we want to or have the type of life and quality of life that we aspire. And if that's the case, we need to think beyond just only the part of our business and making money and thinking about how we can actually have people surrounding us to help us get there to our true end game. So hence, this empowerment to drive accountability is to help build around a successful business. But beyond, above and beyond that is to help us get to our end game of being able to free ourselves time, free ourselves the things that we wanted to do, whether it's more strategic stuff or spending time with our loved ones, and to be truly happy, you know, with the journey of being an entrepreneur. So that was what inspired me to write that chapter.
0: So, uh, I mean, and spoiler alert for anybody listening to this, uh, this is going to be a completely spoiler episode. We're going to be giving the the, um, tips... Directly from the chapter. I still want you to go buy the book, of course. A business Leaders Volume Two: A Money Matter. So, of course, we we do sell books, um, but we're going to get into the content today. So, uh, I picked a couple of points from this from your uh, chapter, Angie, that I just um, just fell in love with, and I just had to really do some self reflection on, even in my own personal business. Um, let's start with uh, the first point, which is uh, happen, just happens to be one of the first points you made in the chapter, which is acknowledge the fear of losing control. Uh, Can you tell us to elaborate a little bit more on that and what that means to you in this chapter?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, One of the things that uh, I believe is we cannot fix what we are not even aware of that is happening in the underlying part of our psyche. And many times for entrepreneurs, including myself, you know, we get so tied into our business. We get so emotionally engaged into our business, which rightfully so, we started that business, right? Um, but then as we're going on, you know, we, we, we wanted to say, hey, we want to grow, we want to scale and all that, but at the same time we're very hesitant to let go. Because we are always going to be the best person doing the work, and as such, you know, the, the, the concern is that Am I actually losing control of my own company, of my own business, if I start empowering and allowing other people to do certain things in my business? So that fear of losing control, in order to address it, we need to first be aware of it and acknowledge it and then also commit that we want to make a change in it because without that as being step one, Adam, Everything else on the step two, three or four or whatever that's in the book is not going to happen because it is meaningless. It doesn't mean anything to anybody.
0: I love the way this was written too, by the way. So I'm just gonna read it verbatim because uh, I, I did it, and I remember thinking of it like you were writing to me, uh, and it says, "So first uh, is to admit your fear of losing control. Admission is the first step to healing." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is like you're going through like a a program or something." I'm like, "All
1: right, hi Angie,
0: I'm an entrepreneur and I have a problem. <laughs> I'm scared to let con- to let go and to lose control." Sorry, and, and then the, you cannot um, acknowledge the things you can not and whatever the rest of the creed and then you put you cannot fix what you're not aware of, but then it says next take a deep take a deep breath and write down the list of repetitive and routine tasks that you currently do and the potential consequences if not done exactly the way you want uh, at the get-go and I did this I actually did this and this led to me hiring um, an assistant um, and literally I read this and I'm like so after I did that list I was like why am I doing these other things like it's not the end of the world if this repetitive email that gets Sent out, or if this other thing is done. In worst case scenario, it gets done a day later. I'm already doing it a day later anyway. If I'm if I'm uh, if I'm too busy because it's not a high priority task. So why am I doing this? So thank you for that one. Um,
1: You're welcome. uh, So
0: I'm still taking deep breaths and I'm still going through things, but I can say that that saved me a ton of time. Um, The next one that I just um, I'm a huge fan of is the whole. uh, Let me get the exact name. Um, So number four, you said are you the bottleneck and I this was a hard one so I went through these in order but part one I first I admitted I had a problem and I wrote it down and I realized okay Adam you need an assistant so hired that and so now when I got to this one this guy this one hit me home even harder are you the bottleneck give us a little bit more about that one and, and what it means to you
1: sure um, what I mean by that particular bullet point is that Um, When we go through the awareness, we embark in the journey of healing and many people like yourself, they said, okay, we're going to leverage on other resources to help us uh, do certain things that we are currently doing so we free up time for yourself. But at the same time, on bullet point number four, some of the things that as entrepreneurs, we put that stipulation in place is that we still want to approve everything under the sun. We still need to make sure that everything is done exactly and perfectly the way we want it to be, as if we were the arms and the legs doing it. And as such, if you think about it, right, if you have only a couple of employees or, or team members, that are just coming to you for approval, you know, Adam, can you approve this? Adam, can you approve that Uh before I book this or before I make the decision on that? It may be a so manageable, but if you have a business that you truly want to scale and you have 10, 20, 30, 40 people, All coming to you for approval, all coming to you for a decision to be made, then it becomes impossible at a different level, even though you have resources to support that and you have your, you hire team members who are talented in their respective areas, but you're not giving them the authority and the power within the spectrum of their role and responsibilities called upon for, then you become the bottleneck because everybody is waiting for you. Everybody is queuing up, you know, almost like this, you know, medical cleaning emergency room thing that it never clears and everybody is waiting for more than hours and hours just for you, right? then then the stress is not going to go away. As an entrepreneur, it becomes very stressful when your mailbox had, you know, 300 emails waiting for you and 200 in your outbox that is still waiting to be done. I mean, it's just a very different level of stress than you doing yourself is now you have people all surrounding you, almost like an army, military, combat, and all waiting for you for approval. So that's what I mean by you being the bottleneck as an entrepreneur, that we being the bottleneck.
0: Oh, my gosh, I, I think – I don't think you're on Twitter, and I don't think you saw this, but you're, you just keep speaking to me, and, like, you're like the entrepreneur seer. Um, I literally – three days ago I tweeted, um, ask Adam Torres, um, pretty proud, email inbox down to 17 Ten of those are interviews I need to send to be edited. Down from 300-plus emails. Life is good. I just tweeted this. I'm not joking. Three days ago. And you just now said 300 emails. I, 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 chills. Good job. Um, so... So let's um. Uh, so you, I mean, and just for everybody listening, I mean, there's plenty of other um, great points here. We only, we're going to go through one more just for time constraints, but uh, um, like go out and get the book. Of course, this will this will help you. Then you'll have them all. But another one that Angie talks about is um, hire tough and train hard. Um, love that point that you made. Let them walk. I mean, I, see how I throw these cliffhangers out there. Everybody, go get the book, right? Uh, <laughs> but the last one that the last one that we will will cover today is hang your ego at the door and this story of the 20 million dollar man that one was like whoa that that one hit me in the gut Um, Mm -hmm. let's get into that one so first let's let's tell the story and then what it meant for you
1: yeah so so on this particular uh, observation actually a a client and a friend of mine um, he actually I, I, I gave him a lot of respect you know because I think for all of us um, we're all human. We all have ego. We all have pride um, as an individual, as an entrepreneur, as a professional. Um, at the same time, I think is really deep down who we are and what we want and, and really accepting that and not necessarily conforming to what other people expect of us. So this particular gentleman, um, he is very, very good with building businesses, growing businesses but he knows that as he his company approaches the 20 million dollar mark there are a lot more things that is required of him uh, not just being a entrepreneur that runs around the show and having you know direction and control on his business but he has to hire a lot more people and he was coming to a point that he himself realizes he doesn't have that executive experience to manage the company to where it needs to be to go from 20 million to let's say 30, 40, 50 million. So he actually came down, kind of I said down to Jesus' understanding of himself and what he wants. And he said to to me, he said Angie, you know, at that point in time, I decided that it's better that I sell my business right around that point when I don't want to be hiring another professional CEO to run the show and um, and I couldn't let go, but I also enjoyed building businesses and being in it at the same time, so I don't think I can take a company to $100 million on my own in the way that I run it. So he decided that uh, for every company he built, he was going to sell it right around that $20 million mark, um, whereby the team, the number of hit counts and whatnot, is going to go beyond his control. So he did that three rounds, actually, and... Uh, Happily retired, earn his pot of gold, enjoying his grandkids, and and touring around the world and doing the things that he wanted. But I think the the lesson learned and the takeaway is truly understand you your your style and who you are, and what you are willing to get to do, and 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 literally have that honest talk because at the end of the day. We we can put up a pretense or whatnot to everybody around us, but we still need to get to bed with ourselves, and we still need to acknowledge who we are sleeping with, which is ourselves. So I think the the, the key notion here: hang the ego at the door is to really have that deep understanding and put that pride away of what the society expects of you, maybe your other friends and entrepreneur friends are looking at you too, to really understand that if you're in business, why are you in business, and how do you want to run your business and to what capacity that – Maybe this is not the journey you want to continue anymore and to have another new life adventure around the things that truly is deep down touching your heart of why you're waking up and breathing and excited every day. So, so that's that, that's that bullet point there.
0: That one, that one, I was like, wow, the $20 million, man. I mean, to do it once and then to just understand where your core competency was and to just know that you don't have to do, um, you know, because I think sometimes entrepreneurs in general, and whatever your number is, so $20 million, I mean, or $1 million or whatever it is, it doesn't mm-hmm, matter, um, mm-hmm, in, yeah. or, or a billion, it doesn't matter. It might be a billion, who knows? Um, but just in general, just to have that type of understanding of yourself and what, you mean, what uh, quality of living. Um, for you means, not just around money, but also about your function in your business. And for him to have that self-awareness to then exit and then do it two more times and just understand, I was like, wow, that that blew me away. I didn't even know that existed. Uh, So that's amazing. I always, in my mind, it was always uh, in terms of exiting and why to exit. Some of the things were, in my experience, um, when I was in in my wealth management days were um, obviously legacy, retirement, um, getting bought out, a takeover, all these other things i've never heard of self-awareness on size of business and understanding what you wanted your life to be like that's just to me that's the Mm -hmm. supreme level of control Um, in kind of going towards your destiny. I thought it was an amazing contribution and I've never heard it. Um, Thank you for that. Um,
1: Yeah, Adam, actually, I think, you know, the the key part to this is I I have run business, you know, from $1 million to $1 billion. And the, the reality is it's very different. When you're managing a $1 billion business, some people call it a lot more rate tape, a lot more approval, a lot more layers, a lot more bureaucracy, whatever it is and whether you're going in a public company or private company type of setting, there is still a lot of processes, a lot of knickknacks and administrative stuff that um, you, as their CEO at the helm, have to manage to. And sometimes, you know, it's not fun. I mean, when I look at it, whether I, I, if I make a comparison of the days I was running a $1 million business versus I was running a $1 billion business, the days shape up very differently, and the, the the activities that I engage in my 12-hour day is very different. You know, one of, in the $1 million business, I could be doing things. I could be talking to clients. I could be doing research and development with my employees or whatsoever. You know, that is exciting. But then in the $1 billion business, you're engaging in so many negotiations, so many meetings, and then you're approving, you know, this three-inch, thick of documents you have to read and all that, and you have to go and talk to investors, you have to give them reports after reports, and it's just a different dynamic, right? So you may be owners of either of this business size, but again, understanding the dynamic of what actually makes you happy, I think will help drive that decision a lot better.
0: That's fantastic. Um well hey, I um that's all the time we have today. I'm I'm sad because uh we could I could go on forever on this and talking to you. I love it and uh thank you again for your contribution and your amazing chapter and I was uh honored to be able to publish it and get your words out there. So thank you for that. Um, And to the audience, as always, I appreciate you tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things that we do to support our podcasters. And, uh, Angie, thanks again for coming on the show and for your contribution to uh, Money Matters Business Leaders Volume 2.